The Gaily Profit is 100% supported by listeners like you. Help keep this podcast going by visiting thegailyprofit.com and clicking on donate or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you've read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet podcast or two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary. Just so secret. So secret. <laughs> Keep out. Secret secret diary of Tom Riddle. Do um, not read. All readers will be put to death. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> Very literally. All right. Uh, in, this, <laughs> in this chapter, uh, while Hermione is in the hospital being decatified, <laughs> Harry and Ron stumble upon the diary of one Tom M. Riddle. Despite ignoring the only good advice Ron gives in this book, Harry writes in the diary and is sucked into a totally true and not at all misconstrued memory of the last time the chamber was open, which coincidentally points to Hagrid as the culprit. We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Foolish boy interacts with obviously cursed object despite repeated warnings against it. (laughs) Like, literally. (laughs) I'm just like, Harry, what what are you doing? I, yeah. Anyway. We turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Take it away, Jesse. Considering our many witch NSA watches, it's actually shocking that no one finds out that Hermione spends a month being a furry it's bizarre my yeah my first one is related to that too because if she's not telling madame pomfrey what's wrong with her what medicine is she being given maybe this is why it takes so long because like it seems weird if you can regirl bones with a potion overnight it takes them a month to get her detailed and deferred and her eyes back to normal what if the medicine's not doing anything? It's just like the situation wearing off on its own. Maybe. Or maybe just Pomfrey's just giving her a slew of ridiculous things to be like, one of these will work. It's like trying to figure out which antidepressant works for you or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. It's a really weird situation. I can't imagine that McGonagall isn't taking serious actions to find out from Hermione what happened. Actually, I actually do have a point, which is like, yeah, like how do, what do the other teachers think? She's in the hospital for a month full of people who are very skilled at what they do. Are they just like, oh, I guess she's just a cat for a month. (laughs) Whatever. It's a mystery. (laughs) Not sure how you did this to yourself over Christmas, but... Here's some miscellaneous potions. Have fun. It's super weird. It, like, doesn't make any sense, actually. Or maybe it does, considering how terrible this school is. True. True. And maybe Madame Pomfrey at this point is just so jaded from her many, (laughs) many years of dealing with students' bullshit that she's just like, don't, actually, don't tell me. I, like, don't even want to know. Because she didn't question ron's like dragon bite 
hand either. It's true. She's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess she's probably used to students never telling her how they did those things to themselves. She's like, you just lie anyway, so like, don't even bother. <laughs> it's like all those kids with their uh, engorgement charms and their dicks that they have <laughs> done incorrectly. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, that'd be so embarrassing to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> it probably happens like four times a year, I feel like. Yeah. They they just come in, they're like, I I don't want to talk about it. Can I just have a deflating draft? I don't no, I don't we don't need to. Um <laughs> You don't need to examine me. I'll just take this Back in my uh, common room. It's for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Okay. So, all right. So I have two related points. Okay. The first is, so when they find the diary, it says that it's from Vauxhall Road. And Harry's like, this person must be muggle-born. If they were shopping on Vauxhall Road. And so my first question for you, based on that, is do you think that they sell normal diaries in the witching world that don't, like, talk or, you know, scream if the wrong person opens them? No. No, me either. So, like, a witch might go shopping on Vauxhall Road for, like, a reasonable diary. Yes, but, like... I don't think that they would want to, maybe, necessarily. Because they just don't know that not everything has to talk. Maybe. Or they're like, why would I write a diary that didn't have any kind of protective charms or just any schmuck could read it or something, you know? That's true. I mean, I don't want the idea of a sentient diary either, but like... Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, So my follow-up question to this that... I don't know why this is the first time this is occurring to me, but based on Harry's statement, I came up with the question, do all like muggles who are married to witches automatically live in the witching world as if they had were witches essentially? Is it the case that every muggle who marries a witch is like, yeah, sure. I want to live without electricity, central heat, I never want to watch TV again. I don't care about any of the like unbelievable conveniences of the muggle world. Let's just go never shop on Vauxhall Road for diaries. We're only going to have screaming diaries for the rest of time. <laughs> I'm totally fine with all of this. You know, I'm, I'm actually my also to that. I feel like I feel like everyone must just move into the witching world because the one example that I can think of that we have is Snape's parents and that just seems like just all kinds of like fucked up abusive unhappy childhood home you Mm -hmm. know and like what about Ted Tonks he's is he a muggle or a muggle born he's muggle born but he is a wizard yeah because he went to Hogwarts I think that's how him and, oh my God, what is her name? Andromeda. Him and Andromeda. I, th- I feel like, I feel like it is because he is a muggle-born. Okay. So Snape's child at home is super fucked up. Seamus's dad left. Do we have other examples of witch muggle pairings in, to base this on? Or is it, I mean, because I kind of feel like it's reasonable that Seamus's dad was like, what if it wasn't just like you lied to me and you're secretly a witch, but it also was like, I absolutely am not going to live without electricity for the rest of my life because you think it's silly for no reason that anyone will ever understand. I mean, yeah. Like, what if he's a job where, like, he needs to have, you know, a computer or, or like, right. you know, phones. It's like, An right. alarm clock. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like all of the witch-born kids just assimilate into witching culture, which seems really weird. And I know I I talked about it earlier, but that just seems like unrealistic that they would just like completely just be like, all right, peace out, muggle world. 
Right. There are some things where it's like the witching world is still literally in a sort of Victorian Middle Age amalgamation sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard to imagine someone being in love enough that if their partner insisted that they time travel and live in a home that's lit by like oil lamps and heated by wood-burning stove when they don't when you know I yeah, yeah I can't I can't really picture a situation where it was like yeah that sounds totally great I want to do that and I say that as someone who has multiple times lived in homes that were only heated by wood-burning stoves when I was <laughs> young and thought that that was better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Uh, I feel like I've heard some of those stories. Yeah, never again. <laughs> there, there, I feel like there's a sort of, I don't know. I feel like it seems sort of charming, but also I wouldn't do it unless... I retired. It was like living in my cabin in the woods. But yeah. So I think that just must be why. I feel like I'm trying to think of like if any of the characters have one like straight up muggle born parent. That Muggle born or muggle? Muggle. Yeah. The only ones that we know of are Snape and Seamus. And then Dean's is a question mark. Yeah. And none of those are good situations. No. Okay. Well, great. What's your next front page? Sorry. I'm just like, I don't know if that's a failure of imagination on JKR's part. Yeah, I think so. I think so much about the way that even just Muggleborns are written in these books is very much she just failed to extrapolate logically about what, what Muggleborns would be giving up upon entering into this world when why would they do that when they could have both yeah insert that why not both meme right right (laughs) right and like you know and it's just even just silly to think that they would like i don't know that's why i'm still like baffled by hermione's total assimilation into the witching world where it's like but you realize there's some things that are better (laughs) right exactly exactly i don't know I hope that she, I hope I hope she reaches her kids with some knowledge of their muggle heritage. Yeah, all. I mean, I refuse to believe that Hermione doesn't just do away with the statute of secrecy and <laughs> start a you know exchange program and have ambassadors and all sorts of all sorts of stuff to make this just much more chill, or at least just. You know, they, the muggles don't have to know about you in order for you to have electricity. Yeah. <laughs> the right. recipe for electricity is pretty widely known, and they could totally have super sustainable electricity if you have magic generators. Right. Let let her kids watch television. Like, just... Yeah. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> What's your next point? Just that... For the hair raising potion, potion you need rat tails, and it just made me laugh. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, just so you know, Jesse gestured to indicate rat tails like a human would grow on the back of their head, which is indeed very funny. <laughs> I like. I really do like the little slip in of Ron speculating that Riddle won his award for murdering Myrtle because he did murder Myrtle it's very hard to say and then he did get an award for it essentially yeah that's actually that's that's really funny because I have a point about how Hermione is so close with her assessment of what's going on with the diary but then, like, Ron jokingly gets it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he's on point with it. And Hermione's, like, so close. Yep. Yep. It is... It's well It's well constructed. What's next? Just that Myrtle's line about her just sitting in the U-bend thinking about death is, like, every angsty teen poetry ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
she's honestly great. <laughs> <laughs> I I felt like I didn't write it down, but I did feel like her her point about let's all throw things at Myrtle just because she can't feel it was actually a really solid point because that that doesn't excuse it yeah and it was rude of Harry to say well you can't feel it so why you care right it's like she still has feelings it's because you can't physically hurt you can still emotionally hurt her so yeah and you would be offended if someone was throwing things at you even if they were soft things that didn't hurt so it's not really different yeah, in no situation is having things thrown at you not annoying. Right. Correct. I just have a sad face about Harry. Harry's thing about how he had never had friends before Hogwarts was just really tragic. And yeah, just made me feel sad is all. I actually, my next point is sort of related to this which is the foreshadowing about Harry being a horcrux, which is him being like, he's like connected to the diaries. Like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know what it is about it. I just want to like, it's like a friend they have not met before. And it's like, mm, yeah, um, <laughs> not exactly Harry. Yeah. But I don't know. In retrospect, excellent, excellent foreshadowing. Yeah, for sure. My next point says that the way that this Valentine's Day party is described is femphobic. Because it is. It's so not just the way that Harry and Ron talk about it, but the narrative description of it, the words that are used to describe the shades of pink, McGonagall's reaction. It's very very disdainful about over-the-top displays of feminists. And I would like to reject this description because it kind of sounds great. Yeah, I'm sure I agree with you. I'm sure Lockhart's pink robes were incredible. Mm-hmm. Evan, my partner, would 100% wear those robes. Probably every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Evan would be such a good Hogwarts professor. He would. Woodshop. What's the Hogwarts equivalent of? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like Enchanted Woodshop is probably a thing that... I mean, you know, add some trades, Hogwarts. Yeah, that's for real. I also just feel like... So it sounds like there's like live... giant flowers growing up the walls of the great hall that's fucking dreamy what who's there is no excuse for being disdainful about being in a room that's essentially the conservatory at a botanical garden only all flowers right it sounds great it does it sounds really great so I take issue with, with this. Yeah, no, the description is pretty is pretty terrible. I wonder if part of it is if it was coming from anyone besides Lockhart, if Harry wouldn't be so disdainful of it. Mm. Interesting point, for sure. Because I feel like maybe McGonagall wouldn't be so upset if it wasn't Lockhart and then ensuing Lockhart fuckery with like class disruption and maybe not a great use of other magical beings aka (laughs) dwarfs attacking children in the hallways i mean i do feel like he hired the dwarves i feel like he's paying them he he's paying them but also they're also attacking children yeah yeah yeah. I, i i'm not I'm just saying, I feel like in terms of what we see and from the whole wizard, non-human, magical people relations, I think this is one of the better ones. Um, but I did just realize the description of McGonagall is that she's sitting and her jaw is twitching. So what if 
she's actually really into it and thinking about how much her life partner, Professor Sprout, probably loves this room filled with beautiful flowers, but she hates Lockhart, so she's actually trying not to smile. (laughs) I accept this. Great, me too. (laughs) Because Sprout is probably the only professor maybe smiling in this situ- in this situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe, no, Dumbledore is probably also smiling, but he never comes to breakfast, does he? Good question. I feel like he's, I feel like we never, I feel like he's not only there for, like, dinner, maybe. Yeah, I, I, we see over and over, starting, I think, in this book, where, where he, um, finds Colin because he's up for hot chocolate in the middle of the night. I think Dumbledore has super bad insomnia. And as someone who also has super bad insomnia, usually my best sleeping hours are from like 5 a.m. to 9 or 10 a.m. So probably that's when Dumbledore's catching his Z's. Yeah. Yeah, Dumbledore definitely has insomnia. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of emotional, you know, turmoil and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure one of those brains that like never turns off all the way also. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that horrific. Oh, I'm so tired. Why is my brain full of anxiety? Ah, <laughs> yep. Or like, let me just, don't you want to keep thinking about this thing for another hour? It's like, no, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I only have one more front page left. Cool. Which is in... Tom Riddle's totally true, not at all misconstrued memory, in which Hagrid, like, tackles Tom Riddle. And I'm like, throws down with Lord Voldemort and wins. Hashtag queen. (laughs) I totally missed that. That's pretty great. Yeah, I feel like that brings up a lot of what we've talked about in terms of just her intense devotion to her creatures that she would fucking tackle a prefect. That's a yeah. big deal. I mean, as a, someone who is also intense about animals, mm-hmm. I would totally do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not over a giant horrifying spider. Hell no. But to each their own. Yeah, I mean, Hagrid loves that spider, I think, the same way that you love your cat and I love my dogs. So. Yeah, you know. The, the heart loves what it loves. And Hagrid's tender heart loves horrifying, scary animals. Yeah. You know. Like like you do. Like you do. <laughs> cool. All right. I am done with front page two. So. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. And today we are beginning with a filch human rights violation watch. Pew, pew, pew! Still mopping. Still mopping a literal flood of water. He's not going to be able to mop that. You can't mop that much water. It's ridiculous. So many people with wands walking by. Letting Filch mop, and just the description of him sounding hysterical about the situation, I think, is just... And then imagining people hearing him sound this upset about this ridiculous situation that shouldn't be happening, and no one being like, hey, let me help you. Right. Someone could literally just move their wrist and vanish all this fucking water. Right. Not to mention, this is water from the bathroom, so this is like shit water. No, not necessarily. Still not super sanitary. Probably. You can definitely have... Because it's not necessarily the toilet backed up. It just is like Myrtle made the water happen. So I feel like she probably is opting for messing up the pipe that puts the new water into the toilet. Because she has to live in there. So That makes sense. Is there anything more about this? No, it's just upsetting. It is. Speaking of upsetting, it's time for our Mandrakes, our people watch. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 You nailed it. (laughs) 
Brown is so casual about chopping them up and stewing them, and I'm like, this is horrifying. Have they you... have acne. They have fucking acne. And they're moody and secretive, and she can say all of those things in the same breath as we're going to cut them up and stew them. What? It's horrifying. It's very horrifying. Yeah, that's all. It's very disturbing. <laughs> yep, yep. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Harry, Ron fucking warned you about this book. He gave you numerous, extremely good reasons that you should not be doing what you're doing. Why are you doing this? And given all those warnings, even if he was going to do it, why does he believe what he sees? Why would he believe this cursed fucking book written by someone that he doesn't know over everything that he knows about his beloved friend Hagrid. Right. It's Harry's being ridiculous in this chapter, especially when it appears that the diary isn't just some student fucking around with like a charm diary that you can't read. It tips him into the diary like it's a pensive. He doesn't know what a pensive is. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And he should have been horrified to all of a sudden be, not even in his bed, he is gone. He is in a weird pocket universe of yeah. this memory, physically there. Yep. I yeah. so, so wish that this was visual when you are this animated. <laughs> You're just so, such good such good gesturing right and then he's like ah yes my best friend tom i will believe you versus hagrid who has been so loving and caring to me for the past year and a half the worst this terrible year and a half yep yep i'm gonna believe some asshole in a diary yeah now that you say that too his reaction to first showing up in the memory is he just, he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry to disturb you. Is that really how you respond when you suddenly get tipped headfirst into, like, a completely different situation? You're just like, oops, my bad. Let me get out of your office. I feel like part of this definitely ties into education because clearly Hogwarts is doing something wrong if Harry is just totally fine with the turn of events in the last half of this chapter. That's really true. Nothing about this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Good rant. <laughs> when Harry and Ron walk into Myrtle's bathroom in this chapter, Harry comments that the candles have all been extinguished. Why the fuck in a magical castle... If there's candles in the bathroom, why aren't they charmed or covered or whatever to not go out if they get wet? It's a fucking bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. That's what is the point question. of being what is the point of having a magical school if a little bit of water in the bathroom puts out all of the lights for you to be able to see what you're doing? Oh my god. This is such a good point, Jesse. <laughs> And I mean, it's ambiance of them walking into the darkened toilet to talk to Myrtle. I get that. But logistically, it makes zero sense. It's also just unnecessary. It's, I don't know. I don't think we needed that <laughs> to be there. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> What's your other editorial? So this is less of an editorial, more of a question for you. Okay. Which is... Is Ginny having a shittier first year than Harry's first year? Oh, yes. Because <laughs> not only has she been possessed by this diary and is feeling out of sorts, but then Malfoy makes fun of her sending that terrible Valentine to Harry in front of all of her like classmates. Yeah, because at least Harry, for most of first year 
feels empowered, right? He's like, yeah, I'm like learning about myself and I'm investigating and whatever, whatever. I mean, you think Snape is trying to kill him, but that doesn't really dampen his his like excitement about being in the magical world and trying to solve this mystery. But Ginny, yeah, she's being fucking possessed. She's like waking up covered in like blood and feathers. That is terrible. And it doesn't sound like she has friends yet. Yeah, I don't think she has friends yet either because I think she spends like almost all her time writing to in the diary. Do you and having this very shitty first year? Do you think? Is it possible that she's the only girl Gryffindor of her year? Do we not meet any other Gryffindors in Ginny's year? She's friends with Luna and Hermione. That seems so weird. It does. Especially since it makes sense it'd be some kind of like funny baby boom after Voldemort is defeated. Or would that be... If Harry was a year old when Voldemort was killed, then... We established in our episode with David that that Molly was pregnant with Jenny. Or Jenny had just been born, rather. Jenny had just been born. Maybe since that's, like, still around the height of Voldemort's reign, maybe there's a lot of just dead kids in Jenny's generation that would be going to Hogwarts but aren't. Because they were murdered by Death Eaters. Yeah, or, you know, it was finally, finally people got to a point where they were not having babies. Because at that point, he was in control of, like, the whole society, so. It seems questionable, but we do not, I don't think, ever meet another Gryffindor of her year besides Colin. That's so weird to think about. Huh. What if it's just the two of them? <laughs> it's the whole Gryffindor graduating class. It's just oh, Jenny no. and Colin. Well, I guess that would make a very limited pool for Jenny's seventh year about who gets to be head boy and girl. That's true. Actually, if Jenny wasn't made head, head girl that year, that'd be fucked up. Well... Head boy and girl is from all of them, but it would for sure mean that she and Colin were both prefects. Yeah, I mean, you don't run an interference campaign against literal Nazis for a year and then not become head girl your seventh year. That's probably true. I mean, maybe she doesn't care at that point because it's like, I fought in a war, who gives a shit? Well, but in in her... Oh, right, because she's a sixth year. She's a sixth year in Harry's seventh year. Gotcha. So she would have a, a whole other year of school after her... Sh- Actually, that might be her worst year of school, worse than this. Man, Ginny is like, not had a good school career. Well, Harry, Ron, and Hermione might go back to Hogwarts to finish their education. Hermione so. definitely does. I would bet money that Harry and Ron do not. I mean, I guess if Harry's going into magical law enforcement, he doesn't really need to finish his degree because he's really demonstrated some field experience. I think they probably would hire him on the spot. It's like, you've already defeated more dark wizards than I'm sure half the people here. So yeah, here's your office. It's true. (laughs) Like how many spells for defeating dark wizards do you know? He's like one. (laughs) They're like, great, you're hired. (laughs) But it works really well, you guys. I defeated the Dark Lord with it. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> Do you want to? Are we good? Yeah, that was the, so the only two things that I had. All right. Poor Jenny Weasley. Here's the end of my editorial. Yeah. Welcome to the classified section. Where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. So don't fast <laughs> forward or you'll miss the new, the latest classifieds. Um, all right. Subject. Independent queer podcast seeks sugar parents. Us, a self-produced podcast doing its very best to make the world a better and queerer place one episode at a time. You, a lover of our content who values our work and wants to see us succeed in life. 
We will give you many perks in exchange for your support. Make a one-time donation through our website and get awesome merch in exchange, or become a patron and get tons of bonus content. You can't go wrong either way. Visit thegailyprofit.com and click on donate or visit patreon.com slash thegailyprofit to become an ongoing supporter. Next up we have subject desperately seeking validation. (laughs) I'm a robust, handsome, charming, and talented man in search of literally anyone to tell me about how robust, handsome, charming, and talented I am. Do you love heaping (laughs) praise upon incredibly deserving people? Call me. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you think Lockhart wrote a bunch of Valentines to himself? Yes. I have some thoughts about him and these Valentines, so... And I had them in education, so do you want to hippity-hop over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to education, where we talk about this goddamn school. Uh, So my point regarding the Valentines is that I will bet solid money that sending Lockhart a Valentine or not has a serious impact on your grades. Oh, yeah. Yup. <laughs> you are correct. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I don't have fucking 350 Valentines by the end of the day, whoever's the outliers, your next test is not going to look too pretty when you get your grade back. I would be so pissed if I was that kid studying for, like, my owls, and this chump is, like, my defense teacher, and it's like, I, I have to pass these. Like, <laughs> what, what is happening? I can't just charm, I can't just con the instructors, the test people. Right. With flattery. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Yep. Yeah, Harry and Ron, at the end of the year, they think that they did poorly on their test because they don't study, or Hermione did well because she does, and it's actually just she sent him a valentine and they didn't. He's cross-referencing a list. It looks like he's grading, but he's just looking to see if you sent him something. Listen, Hermione, this is is what's keeping Hermione top of her her class, is uh, this little bit of flattery to Lockhart. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. So I have a whole list of things about Lockhart. So we should stay with him, but do you have Lockhart stuff? Do you want to take turns? The only thing thing I had was the thing about the dwarves attacking students and how. What a travesty. It's such... Like, they're so aggressive (laughs) towards children, and it's like... They destroyed Harry's bag and made him fall on the floor that is bad and then sit on his ankles until his feet went numb like like what is things happening to the other students who receive valentines <laughs> and didn't and understandably didn't want an embarrassing valentine by an aggressive dwarf right <laughs> yeah i'm sure the whole day was just um madam pomfrey's overrun by kids with like bruises and cuts and stuff from these dwarves messing like aggressively harming them McGonagall's only getting through her day thinking about the scot she's gonna have at the end of it yeah definitely uh my next Lockhart point is actually (laughs) a guest point from Evan who asks has Lockhart put a charm on himself that makes people who are attracted to his gender unable to think critically about him. Hmm. Because that would explain Hermione's behavior. You know, I think you might have something there. Or Evan might have something there. Because... So, during Lockhart's hilarious... Go to Flitwick or Snape to help you out on this day, and the and like the clear, like clearly them being like, for the love of God, don't ask me any of these things. <laughs> Lockhart suggests that the kids go to Professor Flitwick about an entrancing enchantment, and that Flitwick knows more about this than any other wizard he's met. 
And since we know that Lockhart is very good at charms, I'm assuming he's using an entrancing enchantment constantly. That makes perfect sense. Because if anyone would know about that, it would be Lockhart. I think, I feel like maybe I read somewhere that he actually was in Ravenclaw, but I don't. That's like extra canon stuff, so I don't know how, I don't know how much we can really. Yeah. But, anyway. And I realize that this, again, calls into question whether or not Harry is bi. Because it should work on him. If he is, but I also feel like there might be some, like, caveats. I mean, I don't... I mean, Lockhart isn't really Harry's type. No. Kind of, though. I mean, Draco also is an incredibly overdramatic, flamboyant, look-at-me type. But, like, in a mean way. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Which, let's be real, is sometimes part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know. As much as it a little bit pains me to say this, I feel like... I almost want to say that Lindy Harry's type leans a little bit more, like, mass, just because of him and, like, noticing how hot Ferenz is. Is Ferenz mask? I mean, shirtless and into leather? I don't know. I'm sorry. That that's, was... that's fair. Yeah. But Sirius, he also knows how how pretty Sirius is, and Sirius is like very like flowy hair, and yeah, and like same with Bill, who he knows is also attractive. Yeah, I don't know type. Yeah, no, I think that that's fair. I think that Lockhart is a very particular, particular type, and I would guess that that enchantment works to varying degrees based on sort of your baseline of whether or not you're likely to find him attractive regardless of his personality, maybe. Uh, Or not personality, but like regardless of your interactions with him sort of. And that that is what makes Hermione more susceptible to this than Harry or Ron. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so then my next point is... Just the fact that he signs his note to Hermione with all of his credentials, which I, that is 700 (laughs) steps beyond. I don't know. That is such a line has been crossed with that. I can't. And then, so, and then the next are sort of addendums to this. One, Ron is like, is he the smarmiest bloke ever? To which I say, absolutely. Yes, he is. Yeah. Which tied to that is the fact that he thinks it, and this, I think he genuinely believes. Whereas a lot of shit that he says, he clearly doesn't genuinely believe it, but he says that he thinks he made the attack stop. And I think that he really actually thinks that. He thinks that his reputation is enough to scare the attacker into submission. You know, I, I have, I have to, yeah. I, because that is a thing that I don't think he would be lying to himself about. Yeah. Or like, my favorite part about that is the list of things he lists like isn't, like the only thing that's like kind of impressive is like his Order of Merlin. And it's not even first class, it's third class. Mm-hmm. Which is still a medal. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, knock being in third place for anything. <laughs> um, but the rest of it is just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Which came first? Professor Lockhart or Empire Records? Which came first, Professor Lockhart or Rex Manning? <laughs> Uh, let me check, actually. Uh, Empire Records came out in 1995. So this is 98, so I feel like we can safely (laughs) assume that Lockhart is based on Rex Manning, right? (laughs) Partially. They wear, like, the same clothes. Like, I feel like... And anyone who's listening who doesn't know about Empire Records, please... Please, please go watch it. That movie is so wonderful. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's on streaming. Oh, you'd have to rent it, which is 
unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Oh, no, it is on, it is on Netflix. JK. <laughs> At least in the U.S., it seems. That's very exciting. Okay, so my last one about him is this thing where he's talking to McGonagall and he keeps tapping his nose to indicate, like, we're in the know, kind of. And I think that the only other time that I've seen that done is that in Muppet Treasure Island, Long John Silver (laughs) does that more than once. Which, if you haven't seen it, listeners, Long John Silver is portrayed by Tim Curry. And his character is also very much a dandy. So is this this particular behavior, is this a dandy thing? And if it is, do I have to start doing it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to Google this. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that might be a thing for future investigation (laughs) all right that's all my that's all my (laughs) my whole big long lock heart list okay the rest of my education stuff is mainly around the stuff with the chamber and the diary and the stuff okay i guess we covered how the school really should teach kids about cursed items like books (laughs) because even Ginny, who grew up in a witching household who probably who heard the same stories as Ron about cursed books is still sucked into spending her entire year with this diary. Yep. Seems like an important thing to teach kids. Totally. Although it seems like Arthur did teach his kids this and it still didn't work. So That's true. That's fair. And I guess everything everything else I have is sort of like sort of connected in which it's shocking that they hushed everything about the Chamber of Secrets up and it didn't really get out. They lied to Myrtle's parents about how she died. They sort of brought off Tom Riddle, kind of. And it's even weirder that Voldemort clearly told a few people, but it still like didn't get out further yeah. about what happened. Like, that's not an appropriate way to run your school. No. Like, there's a giant fucking monster for sure living here, and we can't find it. We're going to stay in this building. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe build a new school. I don't know. Or, like, I don't know. As, as much as the ministry is shitty, can they have found someone to be like, we have this giant monster problem. Can y'all come and, like, set some traps or do something or I don't know. Good question. The j- world's largest live trap. <laughs> yeah. You bait it with a muggle-born. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, so terrible! <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Headmaster Dippet does not seem like a winner. Mm-mm. Uh, like, Tom totally cons him completely. Yeah. And no one but Dumbledore suspects anything. And it's like, like this goddamn school. Like, this yeah. school has always been fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Like, we talk shit about Dumbledore a lot. He still, does, he still has done some things that has been clearly an improvement at how it used to be because... What the actual fuck? Yeah, totally. Yep. I'm just very, I'm just very upset by <laughs> for really good reason. Yeah. And then shit like this happens, where it's like we didn't tell anyone, and we kept it all of a secret, and now it's like, how is this happening again? We don't know. Yeah. It's all a mystery. Yeah. It's not how you handle emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, my only other education point besides Lockhart is my (laughs) ongoing frustration about the amount of homework that these children are given. And I just, I will forever be so angry at the way that 
standard education is structured, it's just not good for developing brains or bodies. And I find it just infuriating that the witching world is is having the same kind of education that the muggle world has with just excessive amounts of homework that lead to kids mostly just being in class and doing homework and not having any free time. And then these exams that all happen at the same time and are all like giant, which is just so terrible for you. And it makes me really sad and angry. So I will just continue calling it out. No, it's ridiculous. Especially because... So much of the end result of what they're learning is like being able to do a tangible thing that could just be their homework. Yeah. Like as opposed to having to write several feet, it's like brew this fucking potion or tell me how you would do that or like make this pineapple tap dance or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't a reason for them to have all of this homework unless it was like I mean, there's, there's any reason. Even if it's like we want you to know the theory of what you're doing or the whatever the fuck behind what you're doing, like, they live at this school. You could just have classes. Well, you already have long-ass classes. Just, like, fucking quiz them or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Why, Which, why a, like, five-page essay on the properties of moonstones instead of just, I don't know, a six- or seven-question quiz on the property of moonstones? Especially since we established earlier that there isn't any kind of standardized education that, that witching kids are getting beforehand. What if you're getting, like, two and a half feet of very poorly spelled and grammatically aired, like, no one's teaching composition right, there's at no, no one is telling them how to write an analytical essay. They right, just assign them essays. That's a skill. Like, it's a skill to be able to write an analytical essay and be like, hey, I read this thing about transfiguration theory, which probably is, is hard as fuck. And I, I understood that, and I could be like, yes, this is why... This is the theory behind turning a mouse into a snuff box. Right. In Hogwarts' defense, I will say that science and philosophy papers are structured very differently than your standard analytical essay or, like, history paper or something like that, and they are much easier to write. Because you can speak in, like, first person. Mm -hmm. So at least there's that. Because I feel like talking about the theory of transfiguration is much more a philosophy than it is a research paper, I guess. Yeah. Research papers are the hardest kind of paper to write, I think. But they still, someone should be teaching them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How to right, because that because research is probably what homework of the Snape is giving them if they're like potion ingredients and how they interact and blah de blah de blah blah. That seems more like a sciencey type right research paper. Yeah. So. Yep. It's just a real bummer. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. Uh, Coming back, revisiting our ongoing ghosts conversation, I would like to know if ghosts can choose to die. Hmm. I don't know. I think if they wanted to... It seems like if they wanted to, it would be some kind of a weird process. Because it seems like, say, the Grey Lady, or like Myrtle, or like, it seems like there are some ghosts that we come across in the story that it's so that they should want to like move on when and however that looks. Mm-hmm. It seems like in the witching world, how ghosts come to be is still a bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm. So maybe that also means that how you cease to be a ghost and move on in your death is also a question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This interaction in this chapter with Myrtle definitely makes me feel like 
maybe she would choose to to not be a ghost anymore if that was an option that she had and it man because it must be sort of at least from what we get when nick sort of explains ghost theory later on it seems like a decision that you maybe have to make very rapidly after your death Mm -hmm. and oh man to decide to make that decision and then have it be applicable to you for all eternity is honestly devastating i think it would be less devastating if it didn't mean you were stuck at hogwarts Mm. for a long ass time the bloody beard and the gray lady have both been there since the death of the founders of hogwarts great point and considering she's called the gray lady it's like you don't actually want to be at this ridiculous school yeah now i want to know why nick is there did he get executed at hogwarts i don't know but myrtle left and came back because she mentioned she was haunting some kid and then they and they made her come back to hogwarts or something happened where she had to or like the the girl got a restraining order, so then she had to come back to Hogwarts. So at least my working theory is that ghosts can either attach, be attached to a person or a place. But I don't feel like they can choose the place. Like the gray lady was killed in like Albania, but then she lives at... Hogwarts. I guess the Bloody Baron killed himself in Albania too, right? Maybe maybe Nick was like a professor or something. Maybe he was head of house at Hogwarts, like in Gryffindor at some point. So maybe you just go to like your most important place. Maybe it's an option if you have a connection like that at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah, because it has to be, like, a sufficiently magical place. So you're limited in your options. Mm -hmm. And considering that all the houses have house ghosts, as it were, means that those ghosts have to have some connection. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like there are other ghosts that aren't the ghosts of the houses, maybe. Mm -hmm. What did we say in Chapter 1? There's, like, 60 of them, or... 40 of them? There's or a bunch, something? yeah. There's a bunch. I mean, Hogwarts is a thousand years old. I guess it being haunted as fuck it's just comes with the territory. That's true. I, um... Wait, shit. Oh, so a question that I have regarding ghosts choosing to die is do you think it would work for a ghost to seek out a muggle exorcist hmm i don't know i assume that a muggle exorcism and a witching exorcism might be there is such a thing as a witching exorcism i think there's not otherwise they would be able to choose to die i'm sorry i just cut you off No, I was actually thinking, I wonder if a ghost went through the veil in the Department of Mysteries, if that would be, like, their death. What a good question. We need an exorcist. (laughs) If you're an exorcist or you know an exorcist, please email us so we can interview them about ghosts. Ooh, or if you're a ghost hunter, which people do. Yeah. Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. So my, I, get, I think both of my corrections are for you. Sorry, Jesse. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's well, right. one is actually, it's, it's for both of us. But maybe it's mostly for me. Anyway, whenever it was that we were, when I was like... This bathroom is not the right place to brew this potion. I failed to include in my reasons that the bathroom is not the right place to brew the potion. The bathrooms get cleaned. 
in a month, someone would clean this bathroom, especially because Myrtle is constantly flooding it. So for sure, either Filch or a house elf or both would have gone into this bathroom during the month that they're brewing the potion. That's a good point. Unless they don't clean it out of respect for Myrtle or her kicking up a fuss about people being in her bathroom. Don't you think she would want it to be cleaned and would kick up a fuss about them ignoring her bathroom and not making her toilet sparkle for her? That's a good point. But it is more goth to have your, like, shadowy, (laughs) abandoned bathroom vibe also. That's true. But no matter what, she's constantly flooding this bathroom and making it so that water either needs to be mopped up or vanished. So someone is going in there to deal with that problem. And like, I think they have that, the door to that stall like blocked off in some way, but it sounds like that potion is like sending up like sparks and fumes and smoke and stuff. So for sure someone would, they would notice that when they went in to mop up. It's weird. I guess that no one like was walking past. It's like, Oh, what's that weird smell? Right. So many reasons that the bathroom was not a good place. to (laughs) Her body tried. She tried, she tried her best. And I mean, it seems to have gone over fine, but I think that that's not realistic. Okay, so this correction is definitely just for you, which is that (laughs) the monster did definitely petrify students last time it was out. Because Tom says that it attacked several people and then finally killed someone. Yeah, I did. I did see that. So just putting it, putting it on the record. So no one emails us. (laughs) But then did those students not see, I guess... I mean, like, how many things could petrify a student? Like, wouldn't you have come out of it and been like, that was weird. Also, only two things could petrify people. I don't know. I mean, these are all really good questions. (laughs) (laughs) It seems so weird to me that... That there isn't just a very short list of things that could be causing these attacks. Yeah. And I feel like... If something happened for an entire year at the, like, only school in your society, it seems weird that half of this stuff is a secret. Like, it just, that just seems so unrealistic. Unless, like, Headmaster Dippet, like, you know, obliterated people or put a charm so you couldn't say any shit about it, because, like, how? It's, yeah, it's pretty bizarre. I... Yeah, I don't know. All right, that's all I got. You have anything left? Uh, I don't have anything left. All right, then. Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. There are several ways you can support us. Um, you can leave us a five star review on iTunes, and you can follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Gaily Prophet. We also have a Patreon if you would like to financially support us, just like you would your uh, neighborhood NPR station. (laughs) We are supported by listeners like you. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, We also have merch on our website, thegailyprofit.com slash shop. And you could also tell your friends to listen to us and because the more people who hear us out, the happier we are that people like us. Yeah. You can also do a one-time donation on our website by clicking on the button that says make a donation. So you can you can check that out. The Gaily Prophet is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray who you can find on the internet at my website, larkmalachi.com, which is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, where you can acquire many services from me. But at this moment in time, I am encouraging people to book tarot readings with me. 
because I really like reading tarot and I want to do more of it. So you should take advantage of that fact. You can also find me on the internet at Lark Malachi and at Radical Healer on Instagram and nowhere else. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. Uh, Jesse, the actual underscore Detroit, not not one <laughs> the actual thing. Sorry, I just need to clarify that for whatever reason. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Live from Detroit. Our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. The voice of our spoiler warning is Sarah Sarar. And our logo art is by Theo Julian Forrester. He also does fantastic comics based around things we talked about in each episode. And you can find that on our website, and on our social, which you should because they're incredible. These are all true facts. Until next time. Obfuscate. Cupid. Composition. You bend. <laughs>